0: You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season.
1: Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan Myler with Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. Guys, it's, uh, it's Championship Sunday. We're recording on Sunday night. It's also a new year. Happy New Year, Matt.
2: Hey, thank, thanks, Dan. Uh, it's It's been good so far. Uh, this is definitely the most stressed out I've been of any fantasy season ever in like 25, 26 years <laughs> playing. I've got a, a double progressive pot on the line against our buddy Dan Sanio. Uh, so we'll see. I have I've a lot resting on the Packers tonight. So it's either going to be a really good night, both from an NFL's perspective and a fantasy perspective, or it's going to be an awful night and I'm going to be screaming into some pillows.
1: Well, while you're still in a good mood, let's get this podcast in. Ryan, how about you, bud? <laughs> Happy New Year!
0: Happy New Year, guys. Uh, no, no stress for me. I took my lumps early. Uh, I got a couple, <laughs> couple wins early, couple losses early. I'm just going to enjoy these last last two games of the uh, of the week.
1: Yeah, it's been a slow death for me in a couple of my leagues. I had a I had a progressive pot. There's still a chance going to need something big from the Packers, uh, and then I my home league. The one I care about the most, I'm, I got. It was a slow death. I uh, I had won four in a row and was going for five and couldn't quite get over the hump. Congratulations, Todd, on the big win. Let's talk about these games as we always do, because there was some good to talk about for sure. We'll get to all of that. There was some some disappointments, of course, as well, and we'll get to those. Let's start with uh, with one of those disappointments. Really, it's the Bills. And the Falcons. Buffalo gets the win, 29-15. to Devin Singletary was great. He went over 100 and scored twice. Josh Allen got saved by his rushing day. 81 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. But really, if you had any Atlanta player in your lineup, you're disappointed. Cordero Patterson, he was disappointing. Uh, Pitts gets hurt in the game, misses some time, just goes 2-69, for 69, Matt. Uh, Kyle Pitts, your guy... We want to see him on the field in Week 18. Of course, it doesn't matter for fantasy, but I want to. I just want to. I want to see him play well. I want to see him play every week, right?
2: I do too. And and we saw today he was the first rookie in 60 years to go uh, over a thousand yards. Way back to Mike Ditka. Uh, and you know, it'd be nice to see him. I guess you could put, have to put an asterisk on it. I don't know how we're going to count these new records that get, uh, nah, that get Nobody built. cares about the
1: 14, <laughs> the 14 week guys. That's anymore. true. They barely say that anymore.
2: Yeah. We went from 14 to 16 and we still count it. So I'm sure in time, we'll say the same thing about 17 and maybe even 18 game schedule at some point. Right. right. Uh, so it'd be nice to see him get that all time record, uh, still the one, only the one touchdown though. So, uh, that's, that's going to hopefully, uh, change in, in year two and beyond.
1: Yeah, had a couple of chances. Only four targets in the game. Chances down the field. One he converted, one he didn't. Uh from the on the how about Cordero Patterson? Two catches, twenty-four yards on two targets. Wasn't really featured in the running game. They couldn't really, fell behind, of course. Nine carries. 28 yards it it wasn't that long ago just a couple months ago ryan that we were talking about patterson and how great it was we could trade for a guy that was playing at elite levels for a second round draft pick and so many of us did now we go into an off season where he's expected to hit free agency we don't know if he'll be back in atlanta and if he is if they'll make an addition at the position you can't have a whole lot of confidence going into 2022 if you're relying on cordero patterson
0: no not at all and <clears throat> if you paid that second rounder, I still think he paid off. Uh, he, he gave you a good return on that investment. But at this point we we've talked about him over the past few weeks. He's been trending down. His receiving usage has been uh, trending down as well. And you know, it's, he's almost back to where he was last off season, which is basically an afterthought. Not, not quite. I think he's, he's done enough to hang on rosters this off season. We'll see what happens in free agency. Uh, but just too many questions and at his age, already over 30 years old, just just not a guy that's going to have a ton of offseason value.
1: It is fun for all the CPAT truthers out there to watch him used in the proper way as a weapon rather than being pigeonholed into a wide receiver role or even into a running back role. To be honest with you, you need to use him all over the field. Fun to see him used to his strengths. For the Bills, guys, Matt. I mentioned Devin Singletary's line, the 100-yard game, couple touchdowns. That's great on championship week. Maybe that's going to stick with people and add a little bit to his dynasty value in the long run
2: i think it's I think it 's possible that it 's going to linger a little bit, but remember we 're we 're entering the season where we are we don 't really care about running backs and definitely don 't care about veterans it 's about to be rookie time and uh, the dynasty community so uh, I, I, if you're, if your league does open trades it is still open or opens it right after the finals uh, are decided tomorrow night, then you might want to look to move him uh, I, the, the good thing is that they 've kind of used moss uh sparingly. He had th- only had 33% of the snaps uh last week. Uh, this week he only had five carries, a single carries uh 23 and then he was a healthy scratch in three of the four games before that. Uh uh Singletary does have one year left on his rookie contract, so I would try to spin it with all of these things if I was trying to move it, uh, move him, but I think any second-round pick at this point, uh, uh, if, if you can get that for a guy like Singletary, I think that's a, that's a good move to make now before we truly get into rookie fever time.
1: Ryan, Emmanuel Sanders missed Sunday's game for the Bills, uh, created another opportunity for Gabriel Davis. Just three catches for 40 yards on thir- on three targets. The Bills went away from the passing game after they got that lead. We saw a lot of uh, quarterback powers with Josh Allen running the ball, especially in the red zone. We saw a lot of Singletary. Not a lot of opportunities for Davis and Diggs, who dropped a touchdown, went five for 52, but overall, the arrow is certainly pointing up for Gabriel Davis right now.
0: Yeah, I think so. He, he did lead the team in snaps and routes run, which is a good sign, of course. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned Sanders being out. I think the expectation is that Sanders is gone after this season and probably Cole Beasley gone as well. So I feel like we're looking at Gabriel Davis is almost locked in as that wide receiver two uh, spot in Buffalo next season.
1: And I don't want to glance over what you said just there. Cole Beasley, potentially he could move on. That creates an opportunity for Isaiah McKenzie to take over as the full-time slot. We've see what, seen what he could do a week ago with the big game, double-digit catches, uh, multiple touchdown games. He's a guy that is electrifying, and he was used in this ball game. He was splitting time a little bit with Cole Beasley. It looks like McKenzie, his arrow is pointing up as well. So if you have a chance, grab him, get him on your roster before the season ends. The Bears uh, just bullied the Giants 29-3. to I don't know if we can waste any time on this, this disaster that's in New York, Ryan, but we, we can certainly talk about the Bears if we want to. They're not a whole lot better, but they're clearly way better than the Giants. They win 29-3. to David Montgomery scores twice on the ground. Darnell Mooney catches 7 for 69 in a score. Allen Robinson even made an appearance, 4 catches for 35. What about these Bears?
0: Yes, you're right. Definitely in better shape than the Giants. Uh, I was glad to see A. Rob back on the field. He'd missed uh, quite a few games with with an injury and with COVID. And four catches for 35 yards is sadly one of one of his best games of the year. Uh, I'm ready for him to to move on. He's an impending free agent, and I think for for the three of us and probably for all Dynasty players that. At this point in the season, we're starting to think about next year as far as value and um, potential moves to be made. I think Allen Robinson is an offseason buy. Uh, no matter where he, land, he ends up, I think it's going to be a better situation than what he's dealing with in Chicago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I get the feeling that he's going to be looking at the quarterback situation when he hits free agency looking for a guy that can get him the ball, throw those back shoulder fades and and all those things that he's done he's done in his past that he hasn't done enough of in Chicago. Let's jump over to the Bengals and the Chiefs one of the best games on Sunday, a busy Sunday. Uh, Bengals come out on top 34-31, to 31, looked to be a shootout, It was a shootout in the first half. Mahomes was over 200 yards and had thrown the two touchdowns, had some rushing yards at halftime, and ended with 259 passing yards, Two those two touchdowns and 25 rushing yards. So things kind of unraveled for the Chiefs, but not for the Bengals. I was watching the game with my 10-year-old son, and at one point Jamar Chase jumped over somebody and caught like a 25-30 yard grabbed, tapped his toes, and stepped out of bounds. My son says, why don't they just run that on every play? (laughs) Uh, And they should have, really. 11 catches, 266 yards, and three touchdowns on 12 targets. Joe Burrow went off for the second straight weeks, 446 yards and four. Burrow is winning people dynasty titles all over the place, Ryan. He is moving on up among these dynasty quarterbacks we want on our rosters.
0: Yeah, he's got to be. He's got eight touchdowns the past two weeks. That's the the same amount Zach Wilson has had the entire season, by the way. So um, I noticed that. But yeah, you think about Joe Burrow, and, and we talked about the offense last week after that that huge performance that that we just wanted them all. But when you think about Burrow compared to the other quarterbacks, I think it is time to move him up, maybe in, even into that top tier. He's been in that second tier with guys like Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. Uh, But but I think it's at least worth discussing and considering if he should be in that top group with Mahomes, with Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray.
1: I think it certainly becomes a conversation where you – where you think about moving down from one of those top top guys to Burrow if it gets you something significant? I don't know if I'd necessarily bump him directly into that tier, but certainly at the higher part of the tier below, Herbert is he's shown his elite point scoring abilities already out there in L.A. as well. Matt, what are your what's your opinion on Burrow and Chase and everything that's happening there in Cincinnati?
2: Yeah, I, I struggle to get Burrow higher than quarterback six seven, but maybe it, maybe the move really is just to expand that top tier by one because it really does feel like Burrow plus the guys Ryan mentioned are are just like a, a an entire tier if not more over the next group. Uh, of players like Lawrence and and Hertz and Fields and Wilson and Rodgers and these guys. Uh, Lance, of course, today. So uh, I think maybe that's the move with him. Uh, And then with Chase, I mean, it doesn't really need to be said, but he's the wide receiver one overall at this point. You know, even me holding on to hopes for DK, who certainly had a great game today. And uh, Justin Jefferson, I certainly think belongs in the conversation. A.J. Brown for for some people. Uh, But to me, it feels like he's doing everything. uh, (laughs) I mean, there's, there's literally nothing more we could ask him except for that, that little bit of slowdown we had in the middle of the season, right? And imagine if you have have paired up Burrow and Chase, and maybe even Higgins on your dynasty roster right now. You are sitting pretty uh, for the for the future. That is for sure.
1: Yeah, all those weapons there in Cincinnati. We didn't even mention. Joe Mixon, who, while well, he had a he had a down game on the ground twelve for forty six, he was a big part of the passing game seven catches for forty yards on Championship Sunday. The Bengals get a big win and really made a statement in that home win against the the Chiefs. Uh, quick hat tip to Daryl Williams who had a big game fourteen carries, eighty eight yards, and two touchdowns, helping Dynasty managers win championships. So good for him. Tyreek and Kelsey they were they were a little quiet on Championship Sunday. The Raiders, uh, they kicked their way past the Colts. Game-winning kick as time expired. They went 23-20. to 20. Zay Jones, my buddy Zay Jones, Ryan. You laughed at me at the end of last year, last week's show when I mentioned his name. Another big game, 8 catches, 120 yards on 10 targets, 25 catches for 262 in the last four games for Zay Jones. I think he's worth the last spot on your dynasty roster in 25-plus man rosters.
0: He he might be. He's a, he is a, a, another guy who's going to be a free agent this off season. Uh, we saw this Raider team basically revitalize Nelson Aguilar's career after a disappointing start. Uh, to that he they did that last season, and and Aguilar played so well, really consistently throughout the year in twenty twenty, and and now. Uh, now Zay Jones has come along. I I don't think he's getting that, uh, that free agent action like Aguilar did, but, uh, he, he certainly earned a, earned a shot around the league. And, uh, once again, we'll, we'll see where he lands and if he gets a, a, gets more opportunity.
1: I kind of hope he ends up back in Vegas, back with this team. He he seems to carve out a niche. Remember, he was a second-round pick, high second-round pick back in 2017. Just 26 years old, will be 27 in March. So certainly not an old guy, and his skill set fits what the Raiders like to do, one of those uh, fast guys with a little bit of size. Uh, Maybe there's something still with my, my man Zay. Hunter Renfro, he was good, 7 for 76 in a touchdown. Uh with this these receivers I mentioned Jones, Renfro, Brian Edwards, Ryan. He's yeah. he's a guy that we've all depended on. He he's on the COVID list and he he's battling injuries, he's dropping passes, he's not getting targets in games. I, I drafted him in a few places yeah. a year ago, a year and a half ago and was excited about his upside and and he's a fringe roster guy at this point.
0: Yeah, he two years in, you know, we used to Try to wait three years on these wide receivers, but two years in, he he looks like a bust. This is his third game of the season uh, going without a catch. He's been held under 50 yards in 10 games this season, and he only has one game inside the top 20 wide receivers. And this is on a team uh, that that has been lacking wide receiver options all season. It's, it's allowed a Zay Jones breakout over the last month. It's allowed a Hunter Renfro breakout this season. Uh, Brian Edwards had the talent or at least we thought he did to take advantage of that opportunity. He just hasn't done it.
1: Yeah. He hasn't done it. And you know, that Vegas team is so weird. The coaching change, the, the everything that happened with Henry Ruggs in the middle of the season I don't know if there's a whole lot of things we can pull from the second half of the season for the Raiders because things are clearly going to change this offseason we'll be watching that coaching surf and search and what they do in the draft and particularly with Derek Carr who is whose future with the team has to be at least a small question mark at this point if they can get an upgrade there that'd be good for those weapons in Vegas. Uh, Josh Jacobs scored on Sunday. For the Colts, Jonathan Taylor went over 100. First time they lost this year that he had over 100 yards rushing. Um, and a touchdown. So Pittman scored. T.Y. Hilton scored on on pretty much a jump ball, a tip pass. Carson Wentz, it was rough. Uh, he, he didn't look very good on Sunday. The Patriots, they looked pretty good. They put up a 50-burger, won 50-10 against the Jags. I guess if you started Dare Ogumbawale, based on what we said last week, you got bailed out by a screen pass late. And uh, now I guess Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to hear all those things about only one touchdown pass in the last nine <laughs> games. I guess he doubled that up to two. So, um, you know... We should probably talk about what happened for New England guys. Uh, Damian Harris scored twice early. Then they pretty much set him on the bench because he was banged up and they were up big. Ramondre scored two times and went over 100. And then Christian Wilkin, Wilkerson, who? That uh, practice squad guy, four catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets, Ryan, and probably should have caught another one. Yep. He, he had his hands on a deep ball late that he gets banged in the head, drops the ball. And he's a guy that if you're in a deep enough league, we got to be looking at him right now.
0: Well, now's the time, as I said, this, this point of the, of the season, our perspectives change. We start looking more long-term. We think about those players that are worth an off season stash. And maybe this guy is, I mean, uh, Nelson Aguilar who we just mentioned was hurt and uh, uh, not active for this game. But Nikhil Harry was a was healthy. He was a healthy scratch, uh, and, and Christian Wilkerson was active ahead of him, tied for the lead, the team lead in targets. So this wasn't necessarily a, a fluky thing where he caught a couple deep balls and that was it. Uh, targeted eight times from Mac Jones. I didn't know who this guy was either. I, I can't uh, I can't pretend I did, but he's he's somebody I'm going to be looking into now for sure.
1: Yeah, if waivers are running this week, you got to you got to be checking things out because you never know and this is a this is likely a playoff team uh in the Patriots, so we're going to see we're we're going to have a chance to see him a little bit more with the big lights on and you never know if he if he takes advantage, he could be that next guy that comes along. For the Jaguars guys, um there's going to be a lot of time to talk about what's going to happen in the off season there. Um, they're they're having that coaching search right now that Trevor Lawrence has certainly had his downs. I don't know if he's had all that many ups. What are we looking for when it comes to this coaching search? I imagine w- we all would appreciate a offensive minded guy who could come in there and help him progress, create opportunities for him to get the ball into playmakers hands without having to, having to um, make multiple reads, which it, it appears he's had to do at times as a rookie,
0: is there any light we can shine on this, Ryan? No, I mean they're they're looking they're looking at so many options. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course we we do want that offensive-minded uh, guy, but they they thought they were doing that last year with the kind of the trendy uh, head coaching hire, and and obviously we saw how that worked out. So among those names that they've been looking at, I mean, I, I think we have to be most intrigued by Byron Leftwich, of course the the player who started his career in Jacksonville, if I remember correctly, uh, who's had some success as uh, as an offensive coordinator in the league. Uh, he is certainly interesting, but beyond that, I noticed they're looking at a lot of you know veteran coaches, guys that we yeah. we would call retreads. And maybe with this type of team, a team that's so young, uh, that that has seemingly no direction, uh, that's not normally a, a, the type of hire that I would get excited about. But it might be the right way to go for this team.
1: Yeah, I like what you had to say there about Byron Leftwich. Nathaniel Hackett was in Jacksonville, he's in Green Bay, the offensive coordinator now, a young offensive minded coach. Uh of course Kellen Moore's name, Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, he's also been mentioned. I, I think one of those names are, are the ones that I'd probably prefer. A young mm-hmm. guy with a creative offense that can that can use some of these weapons, because there are players in place. They're just not used properly, at least in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I also saw Bill O'Brien's name mentioned. Yeah, so oh my uh, goodness. I, <laughs> yeah that that would not be one to, to get me excited. But <laughs> it, it just it all comes down to Trevor Lawrence for me. And um, we we saw some flashes from Trey Lance and in, in, in this game on Sunday. We've seen some good things from from Justin Fields and obviously from uh, from Mac Jones throughout the season. And as we said a couple weeks ago, there's, there's been almost no positives the entire season for Trevor Lawrence. And, um, I mean, I know in my rankings, I've, I've held steady with him as the QB one in the class. I'm ready to change that at this point. And, uh, even if it's not his fault, you could argue that, or if it's, uh, not on him, it's still the reality that this team is in bad shape moving forward, unless they get this thing fixed really quickly.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of time, as I mentioned, to talk about that. We're going to spend some time early in the offseason, maybe in the NFL playoffs even, talking about this rookie quarterback class because there's a lot to digest here. One last name I want to mention for that coaching search. I haven't seen his name uh, pop up for the Jaguars, but Kevin O'Connell is the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. He's a—he's an up-and-comer, again, former quarterback. I, li- I like those former quarterbacks. Get, get this young quarterback a guy who's throwing the ball. Uh, Matt, someday.
2: I, I, maybe I missed it because my audio cut out for a minute, but I wanted to throw out Eric enemy too, who probably should have been a head sure. coach this year. Uh, so yep. him, him and I, I really like the Byron Leftwich call too, just because of was connection to Jacksonville. That that seems interesting.
1: Speaking of Byron Leftwich, he is in Tampa Bay, and the Buccaneers beat the Jets 28-24. to Tom Brady leads the game-winning drive. That clown Scott Hansen on red zone is saying, oh, 58 seconds, no timeouts, what's going to happen? Everybody in their seat was saying, uh, Brady's going to drive him <laughs> down the score and win this game. Holy cow, 410 yards and three touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski goes over 100 on seven catches, uh, but every single entity that talks about football is going to talk about Antonio Brown, and the he blows up on the sideline and, and takes off his clothes and runs off. And of course, the Arian says afterwards he's no longer with the team. So, so long, AB. We can drop him in Dynasty, right, Ryan? Nobody's picking him up now. It's over.
0: I think it's over. You know, you, you try to you try to have some perspective, and, and you don't want to uh, act too quickly with things like this. But the evidence that we have, really, from the past two years, is that Tom Brady has been this this guy's the life. The only reason vest. he's in right, yeah. right he's he's been his life vest. That's it. That's the only reason he's even gotten a shot around the league after uh, after his antics and and all the situation that he got himself in. And now, unfortunately, he's he's burned that bridge. So I, I can't imagine him playing in the league ever again.
1: Yeah, I can't either, Matt. Anything to add on AB? It's just it's crazy what happened. They he he was in such a great position. The the really the last of the receivers that were that were healthy. He he nicks himself up in in. Uh, practice this week, and then things just roll out of control up until the third quarter of this game, where suddenly he's not on the team anymore.
2: Yeah, you expected a big be a big part of the Super Bowl run. Uh, caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl last season, and it just—I mean, I, 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 it, it's really easy to laugh at all those things. And I certainly laughed at it when I saw it. I was like, "What the heck is this guy doing?" But you hope—you uh, know—hope, hopefully, he needs to go and get his 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 mental health in order. There, we saw Ridley take a break this season. Hopefully that helps him out in in future years. So uh, and then I just wanted to point out again, if we go back to that six year stretch from 2013 to 2018 and how we would have thought about this guy, you know, heading into the the sunset if he had retired after that age 30 season, that six season stretch from 2013 to 2018, he averaged average per season 171 targets, 114.3 catches. 1,524 yards and 11 touchdowns every season for those six years. So uh, we have to remember how great he was and and hopefully everything that's happened with him over the last uh, three years or so since he went to New England and then Oakland for like a second and then Tampa the last two seasons. We have to hope that that doesn't tarnish his uh, overall reputation and this guy can get his his life together and and football is clearly not the most important thing to him anymore.
1: It's... It's not worth spending any more time on for sure. I, I agree with Ryan. We, we, we can move on. You're not getting anything for Antonio Brown in the in the trade market, and you're just wasting a roster spot after today, after seeing this. Let's jump over to the Titans and the Dolphins. The Titans jumped over the Dolphins throughout this game. 34-3. to 3. Man, it wasn't really even that competitive. Deonta Foreman was great once again. 26 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown. I gotta say, guys, I I didn't see this coming. There was a time I think when all of us as dynasty managers had a, at least a little bit of excitement when it came to Deonta Foreman and that powerful running style. He had enough speed and burst to to make plays, but that Achilles injury it it, it takes out so many players, especially at that position. And he disappeared for years. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he he was gone for a couple of years. Resurfaced a little bit, uh, I think last year, and then. Kind of settles into a, a slight role earlier this season when Derrick Henry goes down. And it, it felt like about three or four weeks ago, the team decided, look, we, we have ourselves a mini Derrick Henry here. We need to feature him in the running game. And that's what they did in this game. Miami, who's been so good defensively of late, just got throttled. As I said, Foreman over 130 yards in the touchdown. And honestly, he'd have ran for 200 if they needed him to. They pulled him early in that game Henry's going to be coming back guys but i i think at the very least Foreman has a job next season if it's with Tennessee he's he's a great handcuff a guy to have to pair with Henry and if he finds himself on a new team he he's like a like a Rashad Penny type guy that you're going to want on your roster, and and you're going to probably think you can depend on even.
2: I think we can put him in maybe not quite the same conversation as guys like Pollard and Madison, but kind of in that tier of guys that are probably going to be important at some point uh, during the season. So yeah, I definitely agree there, and it's and we're going to have to you know rethink what what happens with young guys and and Achilles tears. You know if Acres is supposedly back yeah. and ready to go for the off season, you know it took him. What three or four years now for Foreman to get back after after he tore that in Houston? I think he ended up in Indianapolis for a little while, maybe one other stop before uh, uh, coming back to to fantasy relevance here and with the, with the Titans. But he's uh, I think he's a priority handcuffed, especially if you if you have Henry and are expecting production from him again in twenty
1: twenty two. Yeah, I just I, I I really can't believe it. I think he had that cup of coffee with the t- Titans last season where he, he had a one or two big runs where he hit the hole and got caught from behind at 10 to 12, 15-yard runs. And I thought to myself, man, that's a little bit like that guy. Good for him. I'm glad he got back on the field. This is all a totally different being. Clearly, he uh, he got over the hump when it comes to that recovery. Um, gives you Gives you some hope for the guys that you see suffer this catastrophic injury moving forward. The Eagles outlasted the football team twenty to sixteen. Boston Scott scored twice on the ground and caught four for thirty-nine. So he really helped out. Dallas Goddard, six for seventy-one for the Eagles as well. For the for the football team, Matt, Jarrett Patterson forced into the into duty due to COVID, due to injuries and uh, didn't really disappoint 12 carries 57 yards and a touchdown and most importantly caught five passes for 41 yards and looked pretty good doing it had a really slick grab out of the backfield where he made somebody miss after the catch on their perimeter and gained extra yardage after contact makes me think that he's a mini Antonio Gibson a guy that can can be that guy if they if they lose their lead dog.
2: Yeah, I don't have too much to add there, but I think he's, again, in that conversation right along with Deonta Foreman as as a priority depth add uh, for you. If Gibson is going to continue to get nicked up like this, McKissick will be gone next season. And uh, Patterson looked tough. Uh, You know, I've always thought of him more as a receiving back, which he showed he definitely could do that. But he displayed some toughness on that touchdown run, bounced off a couple of uh, players and maintained that contact balance. So uh, somebody we should be, uh, at least on our radar, uh, going into next season, maybe alongside guys like Khalil Herbert, um, you know, that kind of that kind of ilk.
1: Terry McLaurin continued to get open in this game, caught seven for 61. That was nice. Um, should have been a bigger day, though. Honestly, the miss was a bad one and Heinicke needs to to go away. Um, the Rams beat the Ravens 20 to 19. They beat them late. Cooper Cup. Disappointing game, just six catches for 95 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Uh, can't, you, can't you pull your average game at least, Cooper Cup, on championship week? Man, he's been so good. It's crazy that uh, that's a down game for him. Sony Michelle, he's the only running back in town. 19 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught three for 25, a totally different running back than the one we saw in New England. Certainly fits this running scheme. Uh, And this team very, very well. Stafford did not look good in the game. 309, two touchdowns and two pretty bad picks. For the Ravens, though, um, backup quarterback on the field, Mark Andrews, 6 for 89. So he was fine. The guy that caught my eye, Ryan, was Rashad Bateman. 7 for 58. And he was open underneath the entire game.
0: Yeah, all day long. Uh, Led the team with uh, not only those seven catches, but also 10 targets as well. Uh, it, it just feels good that we, we saw some flashes from Bateman uh, when Lamar Jackson was healthy. And, and now even with, with the backup Huntley in there, uh, he's continuing to perform well. It, this has mostly come, and I, I think I mentioned this a while ago, mostly come when Sammy Watkins has been out of the lineup. And uh, with Sammy set to be a free agent, he's likely gone. That's good news for Bateman heading into next year as well. Uh, I think there'll be a real debate probably all off season. Who is the Ravens wide receiver one? Is it Bateman or is it Brown?
1: Yeah, Brown was, of course, under the weather all (laughs) week. Just three catches, 28 yards on eight targets. I think that's going to be a fun debate for sure. Expectations are going to be very high for Rashad Bateman going into his sophomore season. Let's jump into the afternoon games. But before we do, guys, we should talk about our friend's over at Monkey Knife Fight, a daily fantasy sports site built for the rest of us. Instead of competing against professional players, Monkey Knife Fight is made for the average fan to have a chance at winning. Monkey Knife Fight offers the ability to play a wide variety of fantasy contests, including their popular More or Less games, allowing you to simply pick if a player is going to go score more or or less than is given stat line or fantasy uh, point line. In addition to the usual games for football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, you can also play contests in golf, soccer, NASCAR, UFC, eSports, and more. Not only can you play these fun, unique games, but if you sign up at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, you'll get a free year of DLF Premium for free. Simply log on to our site, click the banner image, uh, on the side for Monkey Knife Fight and create a new account with your initial deposit. And then Monkey Knife Fight will match that deposit up to $100 and your DLF subscription will be set up automatically within 36 hours. What are you waiting for? Go sign up today at uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. The Chargers, they beat the Broncos 34-13. to They did not need Austin Eckler in the second half all that much. 17 carries. 58 yards and a touchdown. Also caught three for 54. Justin Herbert was great. Locked in throughout the day 237 and two. One to Mike Williams, one to Keenan Allen. So we're jacked about all our Chargers. They all came through for us. For the Broncos, though, Noah Fant sat on everybody's bench because he stinks, but caught six balls for 92 yards and a touchdown. Showed his athleticism, got free on, on, on one of those horrible, just like angle routes towards the edge. Uh, Caught the ball, made a couple guys miss, and turned it into like a 40-yard gain. That's the upside of Noah Fant, but we can't count on it, so he's on all of our benches. Speaking of our benches, Javante Williams should have been on our bench. Ryan, 14 carries for 30 yards, just one catch for two. It's been disappointing the last couple weeks.
0: Yeah, it's it's been very frustrating from Williams, especially in this matchup. I mean, we saw Rex Burkhead dominate the Chargers uh, last week on the ground. We've seen uh, basically every running back uh, that that's played against the Chargers lately uh, have some success, and uh, neither Gordon nor Javante Williams really did that in this uh, in this game. Uh, you know, Williams has been kind of a kind of a hot topic player lately. And looking at at our ADP, looking at um, trades that have taken place, this is a player that's basically being valued as a top five dynasty running back and, and a borderline first round startup draft startup pick. And it just feels like we might be a little too early on that. Um, I don't know. This, he's one I'm struggling with, honestly, as as the season wraps up. Do we value him? Ahead of ahead of that group of veteran running backs that we talked about, uh, that we have talked about so much, because if so, then he probably is a top five guy along with somebody like Najee Harris and and DeAndre Swift. A lot of that comes down to what happens with his counterpart in that backfield.
1: Of course, Uh, Melvin Gordon set to be a free agent. If he were to somehow land back in Denver, that would certainly stunt his dynasty value. Let's jump into the Houston Texans and the 49ers. San Francisco takes this one 23-7. Trey Lance looked pretty good, uh, at least by these two eyes in the ballgame. 249 and 2 did throw the pick, but 8 carries for 31 yards. Debo Samuel was uh, good on his limited touches. 3 for 63 and a long touchdown through the air on 6 targets. And then 7 carries for 19 yards. Uh, on the ground, uh, Ayuk was four for 94. And then Matt, Elijah Mitchell, 21 carries, 119 yards. Didn't find pay dirt, but looks to be just fine with that knee injury.
2: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how we value him going forward. Uh, I did a little bit of a, a, a deep dive on his his data, and if you s- selected him in the third round, fourth round sometimes in uh, in, in rookie drafts this offseason, you did very well. Back in August, he was the running back 62, uh, 209th overall in the 18th round uh, in startups there, and then December ADP, our most recent, running back 13, 25th overall in the early second round. And in fact, one mock, he was drafted 9th overall in the first round, so mm. you uh, you made a lot of money there <laughs> uh, in terms of dynasty value with Elijah Mitchell some recent trades uh, all of them I think are kind of fair to be honest with you um, uh, Mitchell on a, a second and a fourth for a, for a 23 first if you really want to if you're really not competing next year and don't want that running back uh, on your roster want to get a first round pick for that seems reasonable Miles Sanders uh, that's not so reasonable I guess uh, that's <laughs> I'm not really sure what happened there it's probably a playoff trade I'm guessing uh, I'm not sure why the why the Mitchell owner was Accept that, um, but uh, and then Elijah Mitchell for Marquise Brown in the third. We just talked about him and how he he's going to fit with Rashad Bateman. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that backfield plays off. It's probably going to be some sort of committee again. Raheem Moore is probably gone. Trey Sermon still kicking around. I, I don't know if he's going to be dead or not, but you have to imagine it's going to be some combination of Mitchell uh, and Sermon going forward. Maybe uh, with Wilson hanging around. I'm not sure. Uh, and Hasty there as a as a backup kind of pass, pass catching back there. So I think he is the lead back going in, but I think. It's it's, a, it's risky to carry him all the way through the off season so if you can get a first round pick i don't think it's necessarily the worst the worst idea for to sell mitchell right now
0: i i disagree there i, I don't think I, I think the, i think the only risk is mitchell's injury history because it, it feels like what we saw in, in this week 17 game it feels like it's happened five times this year yep. mitchell gets hurt he misses a game or two we we kind of start to doubt his place or his value or his long long-term sustainability and then he comes back and owns the backfield. Jeffrey Wilson didn't get a carry today. Didn't even get a carry. I mean, this was a guy I almost started because because of this Mitchell. matchup and and because of of uh of Mitchell's uh injury status and he didn't even get a touch. 21 carries for Mitchell. To me, I mean, this coaching staff loves Mitchell. I don't think there's any chance they would Uh, draft you know draft somebody to compete with him sign somebody to compete with him I think he's locked in as the starter the only question is that injury history because like I said he's been banged up three or four times this year this year already and I'm not not concerned about
1: Sermon at all I can't imagine how any dynasty manager would be at this point he's been an afterthought since week one really of this year's schedule he you know really if you think about the 49ers offense and how they like to run the football with those zone concepts and try to press the edge especially with Trey Lance in the game as the the running quarterback um it's kind of head scratching to think about the Trey Sermon pick more of a powerful downhill runner one cut guy that um, tries to get a sh- get behind his shoulder pads and, and run between the tackles. And that, that's not what they've been since Kyle Shan- Shanahan has been there. The reason that I, a lot of us thought that Trey Sermon might be, or one of the reasons at least, was first of all, he was drafted higher, a third-round pick, as compared to um, to Elijah Mitchell, who was much later in the draft. And then also the 49ers drafted offensive guard Aaron Banks in the second round, right before Sermon. Uh, Banks hasn't f- seen the field at all. He's a big strapping guy, right guard, and uh, more of a power offensive lineman. So, so the thought was maybe that the 49ers would switch with Trey Lance to a little bit more of a power running game. Um, that hasn't happened at all. They've, they've reverted back to what they've been since Shanahan has been there with that slashing zone running scheme, and and Mitchell is the perfect fit for that. So unless you see a change and uh, maybe they're waiting for for more help to become that power running running team maybe that's his plan in the long term we haven't seen any evidence of that so far this year um george kittle ryan just one catch for 29 yards had a carry in the game as well um he was disappointing last week of course as well i'm wondering can we attribute that a little bit to to the change at quarterback? Do we attribute that to them having the lead in this ball game? What what make are you worried at all about George
0: Kittle in the long run? I'm not worried about him. I, I still think he's the best tight end in the league. I think he's uh, second most valuable tight end in dynasty. But as we see what, what I consider the the beginning of the Trey Lance era here in week 17, I, I don't think we'll see Jimmy G anymore, honestly. Um, you know, we're just going to have to learn what this offense looks like with him. Obviously uh, Lance is going to carry the ball more um, whether that leads to um, a, a heavier focus on the ground game overall. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, I don't think it hurts Kittle, but, uh, it could certainly be, uh, a less, less voluminous pass offense. Uh,
1: as I said, in the lead on this game, Lance looked pretty good. The two touchdown passes had a rushing touchdown taken away late in the game on an Iuk holding call that, that really didn't affect the play. Um, they play the Rams next week. We'll see how, how Lance looks against a little better defense. Of course, Houston, not known for great defense. Brandon Cook, 7 for 66, and a touchdown. Burkhead caught a handful of passes, so he was he was useful because he got so much work. Let's talk about the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Cardinals. They held on at the end, 25-22. to 22. Kyler Murray, 263, and a couple of touchdowns. And his big weapon in the game, Anton Wesley. All of us played him, of course. I actually picked him up at a couple dynasty leagues in the last couple weeks after after Nuke went down. He seemed to be the fill-in. That's what he did. He caught a couple fades for touchdowns, four catches for 30 yards, and those two scores, Ryan. What are your thoughts on Wesley, who who played for this coaching staff, uh, in college?
0: I think we want pieces of this offense in general. Um, sure. there's, there's a couple of these key names, uh, Christian Kirk, I believe is one of them. Uh, AJ Green also that are uh, going to be free agents going into the off season. Then you've got uh, a couple veterans like Ertz and, and Hopkins. We expect those guys to stick around of course, but, um, taking a shot on, uh, on a, a player who is trusted by the offense or by the uh, coaching staff. Not, not a bad thing. So
1: yeah, if he's free on the waiver wire, sure. Matt, anything to add on Wesley?
2: Uh, No, I just was looking at the, at their depth chart, just a little bit there. Uh, he he obviously was playing while uh, Hopkins is missing any time, so maybe there's not anything there. But Kirk is a underfished free, age, free agent. AJ Green's 34, and his contract automatically voids uh, just before the start of the new league season, which I think is March 1st. Um, so you know maybe maybe there's a fill in role from there. Uh, Isabella is is not is not a thing uh greg dorch you know is is a backup i think to rondale moore and if it it wasn't uh if moore was healthy dorch wouldn't have been out there today so no he's he's a little bit interesting as a a free ad, like ryan said
1: for the cowboys zeke was bottled up throughout the games nine for 16 wasn't involved in the passing game at all as well um lamb and cooper they, didn't, they weren't much better. Dalton Schultz caught six for 54. Cooper, I guess, got into the end zone. It was Cedric Wilson who caught six passes for 35 and a touchdown. Michael Gallup also po- found Dirt three for 36 in that score, Ryan. But he he kind of grabbed his knee on that touchdown catch, and we didn't see him again. That's disappointing for a guy that's going to hit free agency.
0: Yeah, you hate to see it. We saw some injuries in bowl games over the past few days. Yeah. That was a conversation about uh, players – that are uh, headed to the, to the NFL suffering injuries. We kind of saw the NFL equivalent of that as Gallup is set to be a free agent was expected to leave Dallas and, and be one of the top wide receivers on the free agent market. And now he's torn his ACL. His season is over. Most likely his Cowboys career is over and we'll, you know, another wait and see situation. Uh, but it's obviously bad news for Gallup. Hopefully he can get healthy and, and uh, still find a decent contract. Uh, Cedric Wilson though. Yeah. Yeah. Of course the Wilson production comes, I I would say as a result of that. And, and Wilson is a nice guy to pick up uh, both, you know, for short term, if you, if you're playing next week, we hope you're not. But uh, if you're, if you're playing next week, pick up Cedric Wilson. Uh, or even for 2022 20, also. Yeah,
1: hold him through the offseason, see what happens there in Dallas, because there might be a role for him. The Saints beat the Panthers 18-10. to 10. Taysom Hill put up quarterback two numbers, 222 and one through the air, ran for 45. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries for just 32 yards, but caught a touchdown, 5 for 68 on the ground, Matt. When it comes to Kamara, what are our thoughts about... He seems like a guy that I've thought over the last six to 12 months he's a guy i'm thinking about moving on from trying to get as much in does that make sense to you
2: I think it does his value hasn't really decreased much from the start of the season in august he was fifth overall at running back five uh, It's funny how adp at the top of the adp has, has changed in general uh, with five or six running backs to start way back then and now we've got a few wide receivers in there because we, we realize how painful running backs are uh but uh now he's the twelve. now he's twelfth overall running back six so it really hasn't decreased that much from a positional value standpoint and, and I agree with you he's it's, pr- it's probably time to move on but if we get through the off season and 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 he's dipping you know down into the late second early third round in terms of uh, he might be might be a buy entering next season if the if the Saints can can you know, put together some kind of offense around him. Uh, recent trades—I'm not sure we can really draw too much of these because they've—they've they've been happening during the playoffs, so they're probably just uh, you know de-risking uh, a little bit from other players or trying to acquire players to start today. First and Robert Woods for for him, uh, pretty easily Kamara there. The other two are, are, are interesting too. CMC straight up and CMC in a third. I probably still prefer CMC. And uh, would say that if we are looking at you know see, looking at week one of the 2022 season, I think. McCaffrey is probably going to have more value than Kamara going forward. So good job for those teams uh, being able to pick up uh, a little bit of value there.
0: We do have uh, our January ADP uh, in the early stages here. We've got some data on Kamara, and it's uh, as maybe as you might expect all over the board. We've got a couple of drafts where he's still being drafted as a first rounder. Uh, he fell out of round two and fell all the way to the middle of round three in one of them. Wow. So the, the valuations on Kamara are pretty well yeah he's right
1: at now. that age where we start getting out at at the running back position and you know the the question marks on the rest of the roster and his involvement, especially if taysom hill remains the quarterback that that's going to be a conversation for the entire off season
2: i i I probably want more than a first still though
1: oh yeah i I think I do too and yeah. I think most most would for sure. Uh, Seattle beat the Lions 51-29, 80 points in that ball game. Seattle was ready. Maybe the last game for Russ, or at least home game in Seattle for Russ and that coaching staff. Russ throws the four touchdowns, three to DK Metcalf, one to Tyler Lockett. Those guys came through, but it was Rashad Penny that caught lots of Dynasty managers' eyes. He won a lot of Dynasty titles. He was an ad off the waiver wire for a lot of us. Uh, 24 carries, Matt. 170 yards and two touchdowns and most of it was in the first half
2: yeah and imagine if you started a backfield today of penny boston scott daryl williams <laughs> if you, were, if you were scraping the bottom but uh you probably you probably won today uh so yeah i mean penny is going to be obviously we know he's going to be a free agent uh if he if he is back in seattle he's certainly interesting again I'm not sure that that's enough to prevent me from selling if somebody comes comes by with a couple of seconds, maybe even a, probably not a late first at this point, right? But uh, if I can't get the, those couple of seconds, I'm probably going to hold just to see what happens. Um, I think he's done enough to show us that at least while he's healthy, you know, as, as infrequent as that is, he can be productive. Uh, so he's going to be interesting to follow this off season and, and see how the community values Ryan, me.
1: what's the point that you're selling, Rashad Penny? Are, are you looking for a veteran receiver trying to jump position? Or is, are those draft picks enough for you?
0: I don't think the pick value is there yet for Penny. Uh, Matt kind of said the same thing. I don't think you can get a first for him. Uh, selling him just for a second rounder, I'm not sure. <coughs> I'm not sure would be worthwhile. So I, I think it may make more sense for a Penny trade to look for uh, a veteran, uh, most likely. Yeah, you probably senior.
1: try to switch positions to to find a player that um, that maybe is down just a little bit and and jump, jump over positions. How about Amon Ross St. Brown? We've talked about him every week for a month and a half now, Ryan. Eight catches for 111 yards and a score on 11 targets. Two carries for 23 and a rushing touchdown that should have been DeAndre Swift's. Plus a two-point conversion. <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown is the best thing in town, and we just keep saying the same thing about him.
0: Yeah, I was I was a little concerned about St. Brown this week uh because we did get DeAndre Swift back and and you can certainly make the case that he was not uh, that Swift was not fully healthy. He just gets four carries as as Detroit was down big virtually virtually the entire game. Uh so still still tough to put too much on this. But this this St. Brown breakout has come when Swift has been out of the lineup and TJ Hawkinson has been out of the lineup. So I'm I'm honestly still a little hesitant when it comes to St. Brown as far as uh, his long-term value. Um if if anybody wants to give me a light first, I would jump Yeah, I at think
1: that. I'm taking that first too and I, I think those trades are happening earlier early in this coming off-season. People saw this this huge jolt of production and there's going to be so many tra- changes in Detroit that he's going to be part of that. He's obviously going to be there, obviously going to be a starter, will be on the field all the time. But as they get more weapons, they'll have to use those weapons. So, Hawkinson and Swift has missed all this time. It it can't be all ASB, ARSB. What are we going to call this guy? <laughs>
2: I agree. I agree mostly, but you, I mean, with, with Hawkinson and, and Swift there, you know, maybe both are ahead of him in the pecking order, but it's not like this team is going to be able to go out and add like three receivers or two, even two receivers that are, are going to be better than than St. Brown is at the Are you given like a first
1: for St. Brown, Matt?
2: I think I would need. I need to do way more research on the late first round. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not there with my rookie evaluations yet, so I, I would say I would hesitate to do that right now. Uh, maybe I'll find a guy I like there. That's probably a move I'd rather make uh, on the clock. You, uh,
0: at this you point, you can get uh, so a better
1: to that. player for a late first right now, can't you, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the decision. Is if I'm if I'm moving my first, if I if I want out of this draft, and I'm just locked into getting a, a veteran player, aim higher than yeah, that's rounds. that's where I land
1: right now. We might be wrong. I was wrong on him at draft time. I did not see this coming. Didn't seem like the kind of player that was going to have this huge surge at the end of the season. But to hat tip to him. He has been great, and another guy that won so many. Dynasty players championships this year. I hope you are one of those dynasty managers that won a championship on Sunday. Maybe it's coming down to Monday night. You might be listening to this on Monday afternoon. Good luck tonight. I hope you take home that title. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again.